0: Uh, all right, so uh, again, quickly, just want to, to go over um, Acts 20 and Hebrews 12, just orienting text to settle our hearts. Right. Paul says, I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify, to testify to the gospel of the grace of of God. And then over in Hebrews chapter 12, we read, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so again, both of these these texts together reminding us that we are to run, we are to set our, our minds and our hearts uh, firmly on what is ahead, and uh, sort of implied from some other text, not looking to the right hand or to the left, but to finish our course, to run well, to run with endurance, ultimately testifying to the grace of God and looking to Jesus, uh, who is the, the sum of, of that grace for us. And so um, this is not a works-based uh, attempt at um, living our lives, but a grace-based one. And so that's what we talked about last week for uh, a bit, was the importance of um, being grace-filled people, right? That if if people are burning out, if we're burning out and fizzling either right at the end or well in the middle or the beginning, then it's often uh, almost certainly going to be because of a, a, a deficit of grace in our lives. And so we need to to see how gracious God is and how much he loves to, to care for us. So, um, wrong page, uh, burnout then. So, uh, I don't, I don't think I didn't get a definition, um, the AV guys to throw up this week, but I changed the burnout definition just a little bit to say that burnout's the failure to fulfill our God-given obligations because of both circumstance and choice, and is attended by um, increasingly negative consequences in our relationships with God, others, and ourselves. And so I changed the middle part there, the kind of the reason for it, um, largely just to not be too specific that it, it has to just to do with our schedules or it just has to do with uh, our screen time or whatever, um, but to say that there are circumstances in our lives that lead to burnout and there are choices in our lives that lead to it. And often those things work uh, in tandem. They work together to bring about these consequences, these negative consequences in our relationships. So um, that is, I think, the one from last week. And so you see how kind of it's changed a little differently. Does that, just for a minute here, we don't have a ton of time and I don't want to cover a lot, but just uh, any, maybe one thought or two, does that does that seem to move us in a, a little better direction? I think last week uh, Kelly brought up the idea of uh, expectations possibly, uh, and I, I think in some ways I'm seeing expectations as kind of covered in the circumstances and choices, but I will take your silence as tacit agreement that yes, pastor, that is exactly that is exactly. That's dead on it. <laughs> so even it, it, you know, we're still working on this definition and hopefully by the end we can settle on one. But I, you know, we 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 have agreed, I think, and I believe we still can that that as a society and for many of us as individuals or as families, we are we're struggling. Um, now you may not be failing in multiple areas of your lives or or even like truly ha- failing or having failed in one area, but perhaps you feel like you are on the verge of everything kind of coming apart maybe you maybe it's not that you are failing; there's just this this plaguing sense, this fear that 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 is coming, right that the wheels are going to come off before too long. And, and at some level, that's what we're talking about in this class, right? A precise definition, while important, I think is not necessarily my goal in the class. A working definition, I think, is good enough because ultimately what we're trying to avoid is actually having the wheels come off. But two, being aware, is that the experience that I have, that, that the wheels are coming off, right? So I'm, we're not talking just about the actual crashing of to switch and mix metaphors here, crashing of the airplane, right? But what about the free fall from 30,000 feet up, right? That, do you, is that the sense that you have, right? Is that one of the engines has failed, technically we're still, you know, in the air, but for how much longer? And again, right, even if you're sitting here thinking, Sam, I've got this, I've nailed it, I've owned it, there are people in your life who probably don't. And so I hope that this class can serve you in some way, but also serve them. So, just because some things are still working, keeping us afloat, doesn't mean that uh, the other engine might not go out at any moment. We may still be in the air, but for how much longer? And if we're honest, we all have some repairs to do, right? We, We might not have major repairs, but we have proper maintenance that we need to consider. And so, that's where we're going, and, and as we head that way, before we sort of begin to ask really the question, what do I do now? We need to ask, how did, we, how did we get here? And I want to begin where the Bible does, which is with the revelation that we are creatures. Now, I don't mean creature like uh, creature feature during October that were some, you know, sort of disgusting, grotesque, Uh, abomination, but that we are created, right? Creature as opposed to creator. Now, as creatures, that brings with it, um, let's see, three three things, and not just creatures, but creatures that have fallen into sin. So there's different things that we need to, to note about ourselves that the Bible tells us. So not only are we created, which means that we are finite, but it means that we then in Genesis three, that we fell into sin, so we're fallen and finite. But then, as the rest of the Bible tells us, beginning in G- Genesis three fifteen, we're not just finite, we're not just fallen, but we are um, re- redeemable. In the sense, right, that it's not that's not the end of the story. Is that God is doing something else, and so, and for Christians, we are we are redeemed. And so, fallen, finite, redeemed. Uh, I would have continued continued the alliteration, but I don't. I don't have an immediate word that starts with F for for redeemed. Fixable. Here we go. Finite, fallen, and fixable. It's not perfect, but it's maybe better. Forgiven. Boom. That's a good F word. Yeah. So it is, we are fallen, we are finite, and yet we are also forgiven. And so those those are important things to note about ourselves. Um, Like we saw last week, right, from Luke 10, 38-42, and what we closed with last week was we set before ourselves this priority, to choose the good portion, right, to choose that which will not be taken away from us. Now, thinking about us as finite creatures, limited beings, right? Is it possible, right, that one of the leading causes of burnout that we face is the nearly unlimited number of choices that we have to make in a given day? We'll talk a little, we'll talk, actually we'll talk more about this uh, in the sermon, but uh, we are inundated with with choices right now add to the not just the choices that you have to make each day but the choices that you have to make each week each month and each year I think that what you could call this is that we are in the danger of suffering severely from what we call or at least I've heard called I think decision fatigue right you ever ever heard that That's why the CEOs of those major corporations often just wear the exact same thing every single day because they are making so many decisions that are so much more important than what shirt am I going to wear that they just pick an outfit, buy a bunch of uh, different shirts in the same color, the same pant, and they wear the exact same thing every single day. Like, I don't even have to decide. I just got to throw it on. The reality is, right, as creatures, we're not God. We can't look at the vast expanse of possibilities in the universe and choose over and over and over again what's best next. Right? But is this not often how we are, how we choose to live or perhaps at least feel forced to live? Now, I don't think this is only a 21st century problem. People have always had to make more decisions than they're really, you know, maybe cut out for. But this is a 21st century problem. And I think in some unique ways, it is a problem for the modern affluent West in, in ways that it wasn't for people before, the, the technological boom, right? The fact that you can pick up your phone and text or call anyone literally anywhere in the world just about and all of the, the choices and decisions that come with that, the fact that you can you can go to Amazon and find just about any book published and buy it and it's at your house in two days. You can go to Netflix. This is I don't know if you guys have this problem, but if you're you know whatever streaming service you use or whatever, um, I almost never watch anything, not because I am so much better than the rest of you, it's because I I open up my computer to watch something. And then what do I end up doing? I, I look at this, I read, I'm, nope, I look, then I look at this, and I, I just keep scrolling. I can't ever decide because there's just too many choices. And at this point, it's almost too hard to decide well, do I go to Amazon Prime, or do I go to Netflix, or do I go to Hulu, or do I go to, I don't know, whatever else is out there? You know, and you have to choose between the streaming service. And then once you get there, you have to choose, you know, what kind of, are you watching a movie or a show, or what kind of category is it in? You know, is it drama, or is it a comedy, or is it whatever? So many choices. We forget we're human. And it really frustrates us. So this brings up an important distinction, though, that I think we need to make when we talk about man, right? What is our anthropology, right? Our, our doctrine of, of man. But it brings up a distinction And this isn't exactly why I have this board, but I do want to put the two words on the board. So you have, and you know, two two words: theological, functional. Right? What's your theological view of man? What's your functional view of man? What does what's what do you think the diff? what, What am I talking about here? Anybody have an idea? Casey. Hmm? yeah, so your theological view of man um, that would be an example so like if you if I was defining just what I mean by theological view i 'm talking about what 's your official view right what does the Bible teach about man? what would you say on a a quiz of, of some sorts, right if if, if you were You know, wanting people to know, here's what the Bible teaches. This is what Christians believe about mankind. This is what we would say, right? And so, we would say that we're created by God for God in some ways, right? We're fallen, right? That we are sinful. That we we were created uh, finite, but, and this wasn't covered in one of those F words, but uh, imbued with deep dignity, right? We're finite, but we are dignified in that we are made in God's image. But we're also fallen in Adam, but redeemable in Christ. And then one day the redeemed shall be glorified with not just uh, their spirits, but our bodies to reign with Christ forever. And so those are some things that we could say about, about man. Functional. What's our functional view of man then? Functional view of ourselves. Yes, so I, I think I would, I would still put, like, so theological view is what anything that we would say is fundamentally true about ourselves. Our functional view may be true, but it's often what we, it's how we live, right? Our functional view is in this moment, what am I believing about myself? What am I believing about others? What am I be- believing about the world, right? So are you a... Um, uh, what 's most the question? So like are you a creationist living like an evolutionist, right? You believe God made the world, God made you, but you 're living as though you weren't made by God. you weren't made for a specific purpose. Are you living aimlessly from one day to the next, from one week, from one year to the next? right? Functionally, do you live as though what you do doesn 't really matter? Functionally, do you view your life and your choices as fairly inconsequential or as though they only affect you, right? So this isn't what would you say the Bible teaches about man, but this is what, do, what must you be believing about yourself in order to live in the way that you are, right? What do your choices... Specifically, in related to a class like this, regarding perhaps how you spend your time, right? What do your choices with regard to your time reveal about your functional view of the world? right? If an outside and objective observer were to watch you and to see how you spend the 168 hours you get every single week, what would he or she conclude about your view of God and yourself? Casey? hmm does that make sense? The difference here between functional and theological I know maybe not words you use a lot, but are you tracking what like the difference here? I think I've seen some nods if not it's okay i but I, I want to make sure we because i don't it's hard to move on if because i don't if because I might use these terms and so i't I don't, I don't want to use them if they're going to be confusing right Theological is. Right? This is you know, officially what you believe, but functionally, in a particular moment, what are you believing? Because just because I believe that I'm made by God, God loves me, there are moments that I may not believe that. Right, There are moments that I may doubt that. There are moments that I may forget that I am saved by grace alone, and I may be living as though I have to earn God's favor. Yeah, Tricia. Okay. Yep. Right. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So we're tracking. Uh, if 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 not, and we it kind of becomes confusing later. If you're like, I think I know what you mean, but later today or next week or. And like November, you're like, Sam, honestly, I never really got it. I I thought I would pick it up. Uh, then you can ask and we'll we'll talk about it. So we need to distinguish between these two things, um, because right, this is important and this should sort of guide my functional view, but this is where I live, my functional view, and, and if I I may be able to say, Yeah, Sam, I know that 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 faith is the gift of God, that salvation is by free grace alone, and and I'm justified perfectly in God's sight by the the imputed righteousness of Christ. But in my life, in my moment, that doesn't seem to matter. Right? That doesn't change the way that I live. It's because functionally, I am believing and thinking something different. So, um... So, holding those two categories in mind, we need to, we we'll, we'll press for. So, this is sort of, you know, um, so one, we are, we're, we're creatures, right? Uh, and we've said that we need to look, if we understand what it means to live as creatures in God's world, we need to look at God's instructions what he's provided for us provided to his dependent finite creatures about how to live and fundamentally we see that in two places we see it in the world right so what you could call natural revelation things like common sense that there is there are gifts and graces that we have that God's communicated to us about how to live that common grace but more you know necessary as well especially regarding Salvation is His word, right? God's given us principles and specific instructions, along with many examples in the Bible, about how His creation is supposed to live. Um, and so, what what those two things actually sort of also help us understand about ourselves that we have the physical world and it's a it's a the spiritual word, right? Is that we are not only spiritual and moral creatures. But we are also physical creatures. And our bodies and our souls have a tremendous impact on one another. So briefly, just as an example, in Psalm 32, David is writing um, a, it's a psalm of, of confession, right? After his adultery with Bathsheba and murder of Uriah. Do you know what he says? He says, I, I kept quiet, right? I didn't talk about this. I didn't confess it. I... I shut up and I didn't confess my sins for a long time. What effect does he say that had on him? Does he describe. anybody know? Right? It was like his bones were, were dried up as by the heat of summer. Physically, he was in agony because of his spiritual, uh, his spiritual hardness, right? His spiritual sickness where he had sinned, wouldn't confess. And so, physically, he had great uh, grief and agony. It was only once he confessed that he found relief. So, we have to remember that we are body and soul. There is a complex interplay between these two parts, and we must understand the way that they relate to one another. And we must live in light of that better understanding. So, we're not just creatures, right? That's what we're creatures and we're finite. And so, the the litany of choices that we have to make every single day, that, is, that places a burden on us. But also, we're not just creatures, we're complex creatures. But we aren't just complex creatures, as we said, we're fallen creatures. Sin has marred us and stained us, stained our ability um, to, to, to make the right choice on our own. On our own, we're doomed, right? But there's hope. Despite our sin, despite our finitude, God has set about the work of redemption and has rescued us and is rescuing us from the ill deserts of our, our sin. And he set us in the heavenly places. So we're not just finite, we're not just fallen, but we are forgiven, as was uh, helpfully put earlier. Whatever word I said. Um, redeemable or something. <laughs> forgiven's better. So, that, so there's a little brief overview Of man, right? Fallen, finite, complex creatures that God has redeemed. But right now, we're still only talking in generalities. We need to get specific. When so we think about so that's kind of right. We've talked so far about the problem. Now we've begun talking about so how do we get here? By we began by saying, well, what does the Bible say about us? But now moving forward, what are the specific damages that have been done to us? What are the specific problems? Living in this fallen, sin-sick world, what are the specific problems that have brought about this feeling that many of us face, or at least many people that we know face, this feeling of coming unglued? Well, David Murray in his book, um, Reset, that I I mentioned last week, that in some ways is serving as sort of the backbone of this class, he suggests two broad categories that I think are helpful. And this is where... um, When I, so this is the definition from last week. I changed, if you, if you came in and after we started, I said instead of resulting from an overcrowded or poorly maintained schedule, we just said that it results from um, cons- uh, circumstances. circumstances. <laughs> Consequence was a different word. Circumstances and choices, right? And so those are the two categories um, that... Uh, that uh that Marie man this is good I don't know what happened here, but that's on there that's on there for good, I guess, so we have um, circumstances and choices, and so this is definitely going to run out of room, but I'm going to try to make note of some of these things as we go and so um, circumstances life situations right what are the life situations that are generally what we would say outside of our control what are these things that can be causes of or can at least set the stage for someone to burn out well the first one that we could note would be illness right Uh, we noted when we went over that list, the homework, the warning signs, illness could be a warning sign, it could be even a cause, it could be a result of burnout. But we should, be, we should also be honest that, that illness can be a, a, a cause or it can be a, a factor that leads to burnout. Right? Often, we get sick and there wasn't anything we could do about it. And sometimes, the nature, the number, the severity, or the duration of our illnesses can set us up for burnout. Um, also, uh, genes, and I don't mean your favorite pair that you wore, but our, our genetics, right? Some researchers, according to Murray, uh, have, have posited that our genes explain about 50% of our happiness or lack thereof. Now, I think we would probably all say that that is overstating the case. Right? I, but it's not irrelevant, Right? Understanding the way our genetics play into our personality, play into our compositions, who we are as people, can understand why things like depression seem to run in families. Another thing. Now, again, this is, you could kind of call this a choice, but in some ways, uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to. Caregiving, right? Sure, you have to make the choice to care for the person, but oftentimes, right? This is these are this befalls us. This isn't something that we uh, cause ourselves, right? We're tasked with caring for, sometimes nonstop, caring for another person, and that can have a very radical. That can take a radical toll on on our bodies and on our hearts, right? Just just ask someone who's who's done it. Uh, related to that would be uh, bereavement. Right? If someone close to you dies, that can very often add to a feeling of being overwhelmed. Loss. I don't mean here, I'm not talking about the loss of a of a person to death, but There are many kinds of losses that we experience in life. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a a friendship. Maybe it's your home, money, your reputation, your ministry, right? There are lots of things that we lose that, again, can add to this. Believe it or not, gain can also be uh, a pressure that leads to burnout. Promotions at work that result in longer hours, greater responsibility, increased temptations to anxiety as you have to learn new tasks, or you have to work with a new team or new team member, right? Um, adding another child to your family can do it. How about this one? Moving. Do I need to say any more? Right, moving, moving can can add this conflict. You know, some people seem to thrive on conflict, but I think most of us are pretty drained by it. Most of us are maybe even intimidated by it, and so if you have sustained conflict in your life, that is going to have a pretty that can have a pretty deep um, leave a pretty deep stain on your sense of stability. Um, sin and here I'm talking about the sin of others, right? If you have to watch a loved one, especially if it's like a spiritual mentor, slide into sin, that can have a pretty devastating effect on you. What about um, injustice? Psalm seventy-three, right? Asaph looks around the world and says, "Man, the 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 the, the wicked are fat and happy." And the righteous are starving and dying. And my foot had nearly slipped, is what he said, right? I had almost, well, not finished the race because of this injustice in the world. Related to that would be, I won't write up here just uh, for space, but evil and sorrow overload, injustice overload. So not just do I see injustice sort of in the here and now, in the present moment, right in front of me. And this is where, you know, tying in something like our digital age can be, can be important, right? With, with the never-ending supply of news outlets that offer the latest updates about the goings-on in the world, we are confronted with evil and injustice at a rate that is exhausting, right? If it bleeds, it leads, Right? Honestly, what are the type of stories that you're going to miss out on if you, if you didn't read or watch the news for two weeks? You know, is it rainbows and butterflies and baskets full of puppies or whatever? Are those the, the types of stories that you're mostly going to miss out on? I doubt it, right? Unless it's the fact that there are no more butterflies or, you know, that something happened, dreadfully happened to that basket full of puppies, right? Those are the kind of stories that... We, we find. Uh, other things would be like responsibility. This is a bit broader, of a, you know, broader than just like caregiving. That would be one. But, right, we get married, we have kids, we get promoted, we serve our church, our, the congregation grows, our neighborhood grows, our, you know, the people that we know, our friends on Facebook, that list continues to grow. Um, and each of these things in some way adds to our list of responsibilities. Aging. We get older. Each decade of your life brings with it unique challenges and experiences. Right? As we age, our bodies begin creaking and cracking. Some faster. some faster than others. Right, And with it, it isn't just the stress of, a, of an aging, ailing, painful body, but it is as you age, you are reminded what? more and more you become more familiar with your own mortality, right? It isn't just that it's harder to get off the couch. It's one day you realize you won't be. So we're going to die, right? And, that's, and we're reminded of that. <laughs> um, uh, two, two things real quickly here, uh, and I think we'll probably have to um, pick up with choices next time. But we have bad examples, right? That's, that's another one. Um, Another contribution on the circumstance side of things. Our parents, our mentors, right? They don't just leave good marks on us. Sometimes they set bad examples. Sometimes they're overly critical, excessively negative, extremely competitive. And our homes, the homes where we grow up perhaps, right? They're, they're just conflict ridden. These things cast dark shadows over our lives. Uh, and then um, the, last, the last one here. That I'll mention, and there's you know the list could go on. Change, right? Just change of any kind, and we're constantly changing, right? And global and local example, or global and local change is happening at an unprecedented and exponential rate, creating a climate of of extreme uncertainty. My wife wants climate, change. climate change, yeah. And I just use the word climate too. A cl- climate of extreme uncertainty that's changing. Right, so th- there are a list of, of circumstances uh, that, that we could make, but we'll, we'll pick up here next week with, with choices, right? So be thinking what are, what are the choices that we make? Um, Sometimes, and most of them are related to these things, right? It's, this is life happening to you, and then the choices often come in response to these things, right? And so, um, I'll say it again next week, um, but I'll go ahead and make this point here. Now, what I'm, what I'm not saying is I don't believe that most of us, or that really almost anyone, could come up with this list or this list and then find just one thing or two things that just change that and then my life is going to be better, right? There, there are seasons which that may be true. There may be seasons where you feel the, 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 the squeeze and if, you know, like after a loss or a bereavement or something like that, perhaps that's, gonna, that's really going to, to do it. But generally what we're talking about here is how these things work together as a group and it's multiple things, right? It's lots of things adding up You know, it's, it's, uh, they say don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Well, you know, apparently, if you have enough molehills, you, you know, could pile them up and make a mountain, I guess. Right? And so, that's kind of where we're heading with that. We're gonna, we're gonna note, um, we'll start with choices next week. Then we'll go on to at least, um, begin talking about, uh, I do, I do want to talk about the, this idea of screens and screen time and everything and how that does have a, uh, this on switch, right? That's the thing. It's, if these things added up lead to burnout, I think one unique challenge we face in the present day is through our digital landscape, the constant on. There's, there's almost, for many of us, never an off. And if it is for you, it's probably because you have had to make very conscious decisions for it to be that way. If you just go about your, your business, you will always be on. So from there, we'll kind of set up how do we get here, and then we'll look at, I think, eight areas is what I've got uh, that we can make either minor or major adjustments that will help us guard against burning out. So let me pray, and then we will...